Hello and welcome to today's podcast. This is Amber and the podcast channel is Sacred Space Healing and the website is sacredspacehealing.org. My name is Amber. I'm a Reiki master teacher and a shamanic practitioner. I've been running my own healing practice since 2007 and my work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work, abundant sessions, one-to-one coaching and healing and energy work and healing. And these podcasts are here to assist you on your journey of wellness, spirituality, gnosis, and empowerment. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. So welcome to today's podcast. Welcome to the channel. Uh, Welcome to this space, this sacred space, this place of truth speak, really. Um, Soul speak, as I like to call it. Thank you to everyone who listens in and all your lovely messages of support. There will be a Q&A podcast coming soon, so if you're interested in contributing to that or you have some questions that you feel haven't been answered in recent podcasts, then please send an email to amber, A-M-B-E-R, at sacredspacehealing.org. That's amber at sacredspacehealing.org, but you can also head over to the website. Also on the website, you're able to donate to keep the podcast channel going and to show your appreciation. There's a donations button. And if any or all of the podcasts have called to you or assisted you in some way or you want to say thank you, then the donations button is there. And all donations go back into creating free content and also offering bursaries to those who may not be able to afford um, any of the full price sessions with me. Uh, For those of you that are new to the channel, welcome. Please have a look at the other podcasts, have a listen, read some of the blog posts, head over to the YouTube uh, channel, have a, head over to the social media channels. Um, I'm a healer and a teacher, and uh, there's a lot about my work that I would love to share with you if you're new and you're, you're seeking and searching at this time. Um, so, so check out the website, sacredspacehealing.org. In today's podcast, I'd like to shine a light on this feeling uh, that is probably growing in our society of feeling lonely, alone. So today on, uh, it was actually a social media post, a writer posted uh, that she feels completely alone and like she can't connect to anyone and really wants to find people that she can connect to, that she has a resonance with. And that sometimes she's okay with feeling alone and and different from everyone else and other times it's really challenging for her and this particular writer has been very honest and open about mental health issues and not being able to get the care and the support that she feels that she needs at this time um, on uh, well outside of the private sector and so it inspired me to, to, to jump on a podcast but I was looking at these themes anyway there's a recent podcast that I've recorded um, that is around the theme of feeling like you don't fit in and often when I work with clients, it, one of the resonances is this idea of this feeling of not fitting in, of being the black sheep in the family, perhaps, or in your community, um, and of feeling isolated and alone. And I think with what's going on in the world at the moment, in terms of lockdowns and people being forced into a kind of ghetto-like existence, you know, you can't you can't go here, you can't go there, you can't do this, you can't do that. A lot of our freedoms have been curtailed, that it's even harder for a lot of people who may initially have struggled to fit in or to make friends or to have community. It's even harder for them now to find their community and find their people. You know, the beautiful thing about life and travel and experiences is that you meet so many different people. You go to the theatre, you go travelling, you go to a restaurant, you go to a club, 
and you're going to meet people. And yes, sometimes that's not going to be great and you might have interactions that don't feel great and, you know, less than lovely things might happen. But more often than not, you strike up conversations, you strike up attractions, you meet people and through that there is connection and community and less of this feeling of being isolated and alone, which I think is very challenging in a city because everyone is so separated and it takes so long to reach anything and reach anyone. And of course, with the explosion of social media and technology, we're more and more going to technology rather than to human contact for living our lives. Even just simple things like how you order your food or, um, you know, if you want to get an, uh, the latest copy of a, of a book, you're ordering it online. If you want to watch stuff, most people are watching things online. And with lockdowns, they're not going to cinemas and shows and so on. Whereas back in the day, you know, when I was growing up, if you wanted you know, if you wanted to expand your library, you'd go and sit in a bookshop for a few hours and pick up loads of books and then trawl your way through them. Which ones do I want? Which ones can I carry home? Um, which ones can I afford? You know, and similarly, when the latest film came out, you were there watching it. And, and these days, it's more about the latest box set or the latest thing that you can stream on your phone while you're on a bus on your way to work or, you know, on your way somewhere else. And so what that has done is... Uh, it's it's severed our connections with each other. And it's so crucial that we have these chance uh, meetings, these connections with each other, this these sort of um, synchronistic, serendipitous meetings, because that's how we grow, that's how we learn, that's how we stumble across those joyous um, interactions that can actually change our lives. Um, and I have said before in other podcasts, you know, I've sometimes had the most incredible conversations with complete strangers that I've met in a shop or, you know, on the street or on the bus or whatever. And it, it reaffirms your faith that we are not alone. And it reaffirms your faith that we are, you know, it is possible to meet people that you have a resonance with. With more and more people going online, you know, the thing about that is that you don't really know who you're talking to. Can you trust them? Are they actually that person? Is that photo really them? And there's so much that happens in face-to-face -face contact that is so important. There's so much that happens in body language and a resonance between people that is so healing, as well as the merging of energy fields. So this feeling of being alone is turning into an epidemic in many ways. And it's, you know, one of the things I want to put out there is that it's not unique to just one individual, like... This writer who was saying she felt alone, it's not just her who feels like that. I have many clients who come to me who say the same thing to me. I have had periods in my life where I have felt like that. And I know that there's people in my life who often feel like that. Um, and similarly, there are people who seemingly uh, look surrounded by you know, uh, noise and bells and whistles and and community and friendships and family and yet they feel like that also so really that sense of loneliness is a feeling rather than a state of being but it can t t tip into a state of being or the feeling can be triggered by a state of being so for example lockdowns and having your freedoms curtailed can start to trigger those feelings of loneliness but they are feelings they're not actual states of being because we are never really alone However, that belief, that statement, is really dependent on a belief system. So either we believe that we're born alone and we die alone, 
and we come into this world and it's a bleak place and we somehow claw our way through it and then we're gone. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. Or we believe that there is an unseen power or unseen forces that are always with us, therefore we're never alone. Our ancestors are watching over us, our guardian angels, our spirit guides, you know, whatever term you want to give, these unseen forces are always watching over us. So we're never alone, but also we're never alone because we're always surrounded by differing energies and we've got nature to hold us and there is always a connection to another individual. So we can never be alone, really. It has to be a choice to be completely isolated and completely alone. And even then we're not completely isolated or alone because there'll be a bird in the sky or there'll be um, a fox in the garden or, you know, there'll be something. We'll never be completely alone. Uh, we'd have to go to some very strange places in order for that to happen. There'll always be something. But it depends what our, our views and our belief system is and how we view life and how we view spirituality. And often people who feel that they are alone and isolated tend to not have a very deep relationship with themselves and tend to not have a very strong spiritual connection or practice. And so, of course, on the surface, just kind of, you know, looking at, oh, well, who did I talk to today, or who did I interact with today, they might feel alone. But actually, were they to invest that time in themselves or in a spiritual practice or a physical practice, those feelings of loneliness would probably dissipate quite quickly. So loneliness, for me is a feeling rather than a state of being. But if we allow the feeling to grow, it can become a state of being, as in it can start to really influence and infiltrate our relationships and our way of being in the world. But it can also be triggered by external situations and circumstances that are beyond our control. However, I don't feel that we have to be victims of loneliness and that we can do things, active things, physical world active things to combat that, but also more importantly in some ways that we keep on doing things that feed us and nourish us and nurture us spiritually and emotionally and mentally this means keeping ourselves occupied with things that are inspiring for us and make us feel connected often loneliness is about a sense of disconnection and for me a spiritual practice is key to that now spiritual practices are things that come and go they, we, you know, it, they are things that we should have in our lives um, as a non-negotiable. You know, like it's a non-negotiable that we brush our teeth and we wash and we eat. Because we have to. If we don't, we won't survive. Our teeth will fall out and we'll die of hunger. But we haven't made our spiritual practice a non-negotiable. And I feel that when you have a spiritual practice, a connection to God's spirit universe, then that is something that ride, like, holds you during the times that are more challenging. And then, of course, is a great ally during the great times. A spiritual practice doesn't mean that we have to believe in something uh, religiously, slavishly. A spiritual practice, for me, is a sense of knowing of an interconnectedness with our environment, with our home, with the planet, with each other, with animals, um, with birds, with our, our higher selves, with a higher power. And so if we don't have a belief in a higher power, if we believe that there's nothing 
that's looking over us, watching over us. We will try and fill our lives with other things that will give us that sense of connection and protection. But when we have a belief that there is a higher power, we're comfortable with periods of introspection and possible isolation or seeming isolation. However, our definition of a higher power is down to us. I sometimes describe healing, energy work, spiritual practice, meditation, as a connection and a belief with an energy that is all-encompassing, all-pervasive, and is always around us. And I think there will be very, it will be a very strange individual who would, who would uh, dispute energy, because we know that energy fuels our lives, we, electricity for a start, but we know that there is such a thing as energy. And we know that we can feel it between two people or a group of people. We know that we can feel it in a crowd. We know that we can feel it when we watch a film or when we listen to a piece of music or when we move our body. We know that we feel energy and that it makes us feel certain ways. So we know it exists. And the next kind of rung up from that is a knowing that energy can be benevolent, that energy is something that we can tap into that can hold us and guide us and inspire us. And that some people call this energy a spirit guide or an angel or God's spirit universe. And other people just call it energy or a vibe. And so I think if we don't get caught up in semantics and language, and we can actually just think of energy, then we're never alone because we're always surrounded by energy. The energy of the last person that was in that room. The energy of the person that we think about the energy of the program that we're watching or the music that we're listening to, the energy of the food that we're eating, the energy of the pet that is with us, our own energy. How can we ever be alone? To feel alone is to sort of disconnect ourselves from all sources of energy and feel as if we're living in a vacuum. And of course that can happen for many reasons and mental health issues as well as illness and chronic illness can tip us into that place where we can't perceive energy anymore because all we're perceiving is the, the pain or the loneliness, or the isolation. So perception comes into it also. You know, where are we putting our focus? What are we feeding? And what do we need to feed more of in our lives? I don't necessarily feel it's a bad thing to feel alone or lonely in periods of our lives, but if we're experiencing extended periods of that in our lives, then it can be very debilitating. So it's important to keep a check on it. I think periods of introspection are really healthy, and often people who can't be by themselves don't have a very good relationship with themselves and live quite dysfunctional lives. It's important that we have a comfortable enough relationship with ourselves that we can sit in a room alone for a day or a week or however long and be comfortable with that. And if we're not, if we're constantly looking for stimulation for other people, um, for distraction, then we're running away from something. And most of society is built like that to keep us distracted on our phones, on our laptops, TV, music, and so on. So we're never really with ourselves. And therefore, we never really experience what it's like to have moments of introspection and quiet and loneliness and aloneness, which are all part of the human condition. And great things can come out of that. Great creativity can come out of that. Great insight can come out of that. Compassion can come out of that. And that makes us more well more well-rounded human beings. We can't always be on the go and sociable and, and yet we're, we're sort of 
programmed almost to believe that that's how we need to live our lives. Uh, you know, from the programs that we see, from what social media tells us, we have to be constantly surrounded by people having fun, being joyous. And these are quite extreme states of being. As long as we're in a place of contentment and peace and equanimity, we're in a good place. We don't always have to be feeling joyful and ecstatic and excited and super positive. One of the toxic things about New Age spirituality, which I'll be touching on in various other podcasts and have touched on, is this idea that um, we always have to be in these elevated states of being. Everything has to be positive. We constantly have to be thinking positive, being positive. It's impossible to live our lives like that. It's toxic. We will have highs and lows, and the lows are important. The lows are important because they show us what we need to heal, they show us our trauma, they show us who we are. Our shadow aspect holds a lot of power for us and a lot of creativity. And the more we push it away or try and transform it immediately, the more we're denying ourselves a really rich source of ultimate nourishment and power. In the shamanic tradition, you have three worlds, the upper, middle and lower. And the lower world is something, sometimes something that people don't want to experience because it's the underworld, it's dark. It's the shadow aspect. But a great deal of healing and empowerment happens in the lower world, especially in journey work. Most people just want to run to the upper world. You know, they want to be dancing with the angels or they want to be, you know, flying in the light. We can't live our lives like that. And, and I desire, our desire to do that can lead to addiction, distraction, escapism, and a lot of really destructive habits. So we, the invitation would be that we welcome loneliness and and that feeling of aloneness into our life when it comes knocking on our door we don't leave it standing outside we don't ignore it we don't we don't tell it to bugger off because we just want to be with company and joy and ecstasy we welcome it in we make it a cup of tea we ask it to sit down and we say what do you have to share with me today you know what are you reflecting to me how can i learn from you how can i grow from you through you with you And how can I make you an ally in my life? The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you are on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace, abundance, and contentment. Until the next time.